0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode eight hundred and twenty-nine of the Juicebox Podcast. This episode came very, very close to being called U-turn because of the amazing turnaround that Cassandra made, but then something happened at the end, and now it's called Chinese hamster ovaries. So, what do you think of that? While you're trying to figure out why that could be, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Are you the caregiver of someone with type 1 or a type 1 yourself? Please head to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox and fill out the survey. When you do, you'll help move Diabetes Research Forward. You'll support the Juice Box Podcast and you may just help yourself. You'll find out more about why that could be at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. So much music left again. Hmm. Uh, you should check out the private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. That's a good thing to put here. And uh, yeah, there's a podcast website too juiceboxpodcast.com. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Touched by Type 1. What a great organization Touched by Type 1 is. They do so many things for people with type 1 diabetes, and they've they've asked me to tell you that they would just like you to come check it out. It's at touchedbytype1.org. You could also find them on Facebook or Instagram, but touchedbytype1.org lays out the whole thing. Take two minutes today and go see what they're up to. The podcast is also sponsored today by AG1 from Athletic Greens. I begin every day with a scoop of AG1 from Athletic Greens, and you could as well. Actually, they're offering a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs for new customers, too. Uh, That's all at my link, athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box.
1: My name is Cassandra, I'm 35 years old. I've been a diabetic for 24 years now. And I also suffer from some other autoimmune diseases, which I guess we will come later to. Mm -hmm. And I've not always taken the best care of my diabetes. And thus, I also suffer from gastroparesis and retinopathy.
0: Gastroparesis and retinopathy, okay. All right. So you were 11 years old when you were diagnosed.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Pretty much. Um, <laughs> 11 years old, 24 years ago. Oh, the math on this is pretty easy, isn't it? 1998.
1: Wow, I'm impressed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I really just had to subtract two from 2000, so <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't that tough. I was like, oh, I can handle this one. Um, are you that? That was long enough ago, right? Like, things weren't terrific as far as management goes back then. Were you regular in NPH?
1: Yeah, in the beginning, yeah. And then they kind of switched me. I I was in honeymoon for the first four months. Mm -hmm. And then they switched me to, like, a mixed insulin, which was, like, pre-mixed NPH and regular. I don't know the name. can't remember it.
2: Yeah, Um, But you had
1: to pretty much eat on a schedule and eat the same amount of carbs every day.
0: Mm -hmm. That sounds fun.
2: Uh Yeah.
1: (laughs) And my mother was on it and we had to take like the scale everywhere. And um, then after a year, the endo was like, you could go on a pump and my mother was like fully against it and was like, no, no, no. And I was like, yes, I want to do that because I knew she had no clue about technology and I could gain like a little bit of independence back.
0: Oh, Oh, you saw the pump (laughs) as a way to distance her from the management.
1: Yeah. I see. Yeah, because she was controlling me. I couldn't have any kind of sugar. And she really micromanaged me and I was like, I want to get away from her.
0: Mm. Cassandra, did that lead to any kind of rebellion or eating disorders or anything?
1: Not eating disorders, but uh, rebellion. And it lasted for like a very long time, Mm -hmm. pretty much into my mid 20s. Oh, okay. Where I just sneaked food, ignored diabetes, and just pretended it didn't exist. Because so, I was so traumatized by her behavior of micromanaging me that I just pretended that diabetes doesn't exist.
0: As an adult, have you had an opportunity to speak to her about it?
1: Yeah. And she still thinks that if I would have adhered to her rules and like the carb counting and just to exercise a lot, I wouldn't need to inject insulin to this day. She was, she just fully doesn't get the concept of a honeymoon.
0: Okay. Hey, is this a cultural thing? No. No, it's not. It's not, not some no, like no, no. belief that she grew up around or something like that. Okay. No. Um,
1: it's just she thinks she's superhero. <laughs> Pretty much.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to pick through who you are, Cassandra, because your name and your accent don't go together.
1: Yeah. Um. So I'm from Switzerland.
0: No kidding. Okay.
1: Yeah. That's excellent. Um, yeah, but my parents saw a TV show with a girl named Cassandra, and they named me after her.
0: I see. I see. Hey. Um. That part of the world, type one, pretty prevalent. No. No. You so didn't. You didn't know a lot of people.
1: Real, no one in real life. Okay. I mean, I made friends now since I'm looping, and I'm pretty active in the community here locally, but before that, I knew nobody. I see.
0: Oh, uh, that's th- that makes it even harder. So, So you were able to create this space between your mother with the technology, but then instead of taking care of it and, and doing it, you were you use that opportunity to ignore it. I'm correct about yeah, that. Okay. Yeah. Did she ever check back in to see how things were going?
1: Yeah, I mean she asks how my blood sugar is and I was always like, Yeah, great. It's like a hundred or hundred and ten. And my Avon C's Avon C's came back like in the tens and twelves. And, of course, they knew something is wrong, but they also somehow gave up.
0: No one called you out? No one said "No, your A1Cs don't match the blood sugars you're telling us about?
1: Yeah, well, they checked my glucose meter, and um, they knew it's not matching up, and there are high numbers in it, and it's not what's written in the logbook. But... That was about the extent of it.
0: So you weren't a great liar, just the cops that were chasing you weren't good cops either.
1: Yeah, pretty
0: much.: <laughs> I see. OK. <laughs> That's like a Benny Hill sketch. So um, well, there's a reference, Cassandra. no one's going to get, but we'll just leave it there anyway. Um, so you say this went on until your mid-20s, so maybe 15 years?
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Wow. Uh, and A1C's 11, 12 that whole time.
1: Yeah, and then, I mean, maybe early 20s, the gastroparesis started.
0: That fast? Okay.
1: I had, like, just pain in in my gut, and um, they they tried to research it and check it, and they just came back, well, there's nothing wrong with you, so it must be gastroparesis. Mm-hmm. And they just put me on meds, and that was about it.
0: Did you notice? And did you notice slow digestion when you were using insulin, or were you not even using insulin well enough to know?
1: No, I mean I used my Lantus maybe once a day, and if I did that, it was I cared a lot, so I was really ignoring it.
0: I got you. You're not bolusing uh, for meals.
1: It's I never covered meals. Maybe if I I um recognize that I'm super high, I corrected with no luck. But not like on a regular schedule.
0: Recognize that you were high, like got cloudy and foggy and tired and thought And
1: tired and thirsty and yeah.
0: Heading towards DKA you realize you yeah. can feel it. But you wouldn't pick up a meter and look otherwise.
1: Sometimes I didn't pick up a meter for like three months. Okay.
0: Cassandra, can I ask you a, I was going to ask if I could ask you a personal question, but this whole thing's a personal question, so I guess <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> were you punishing your mom quietly?
1: I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, probably.
0: Yeah. So it really had an effect on you, what happened to yeah. you when you were young?
1: Yeah.
0: Did she Did she control your food more than I'm imagining?
1: Well, she said, yeah, I mean, it was, I was supposed to eat six meals a day and it was like for lunch here, you have pasta and eat this no matter if you're hungry, no matter if you had enough, just eat this. Mm -hmm. And also I had to have some kind of protein or fat like a yogurt before I go to bed. And it wasn't the question if I wanted or if I'm up to, I just had to.
0: And it's not like you were testing to see if you needed these things. She was just following like some strict The instructions, The instructions, so the original instructions. (laughs) So 24-year-old original diabetes instructions, your mom never deviated from. She just thought this is it every day, rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have – your reaction is – I'm going to make a weird comparison, but when we were teenagers, if we wanted to try to like find girls that were friendly, does that make sense, Cassandra? Um, <laughs> yeah. We would go to the Catholic school girls because
2: <laughs>
0: they were more rebellious. So they were, they were looking to run the public school girls were like, oh, I'm allowed to have sex if I want to. And I don't want to, but the, you know, but the people who were being told, no, don't do a thing they were the people who pushed back against it the most
1: yeah of course i guess it's a normal reaction just
0: human yeah yeah it's interesting but why do people why do people not see that when it's their turn to make a decision for another person you know what i mean like your mom was a grown yeah. person somebody must have done something like that to her as she grew up how is how like you know for me i thought well let me figure out how this insulin works because the the last thing i want to do is micromanage food in a way that might give my young child weird feelings about food or uh, make her feel rebellious like this, make her want to run in the other direction. It just seemed like common sense to me not to do that. But, um, but this is really something else. So, uh, okay, so you're in your early 20s. Can you explain the gut pain that you talked about? What was it like?
1: I can't really remember, but it was really intense. I was admitted to the hospital several times because I was bloated and um it was just cramps, intense pain. Mm.
0: Full of food is what you are, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what do they do for you once they say we think this is gastroparesis?
1: Yeah, they just give you like some medications for the nausea and um, so that you that um, the, the digestion is sped up, but um, those medications don't work very long and there are still to this day, no medication like clear through the FDA or something um, for gastroparesis. Right. And that's the struggle for all the people with gastroparesis that meds work for a set amount of time, which is usually like six months, a year, if you're lucky, and then you have to change over again to something else.
0: And and these medications need to be taken at the time you eat or once a day, or how does that work?
1: Yeah, most of them with like with a meal.
0: Isn't it ironic, Cassandra, the the thing you were trying to avoid, which was doing something on a schedule, became the thing you had to do. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, and but the kind of funny thing is all the pain went like way over the years, so I guess my nerves are so damaged I don't have pain anymore. But I still have the gastroparesis, right? and I basically only know it because I'm very tight controlled now, Mm -hmm. and I see that my Dexcom goes up, like, not instantly after a meal, but later.
0: Yeah. So you see the delayed emptying, the delayed digestion, and then... It hits so how how far after a meal do you have to bolus? Do you wait till you because if did you tell oh, me? Oh,
1: no, no, I still pre bolus
0: because you have a 4 8, did you say? Yeah, are you eating a low carb lifestyle now?
1: No, no. not at all. Look at you. What I do is I do intermittent fasting mm-hmm. because, but it's not really like a diet choice, it, it comes just more natural because I only want to eat once a day.
0: Okay. What's your, what's your window?
1: Like from 12 to like from noon to 8 PM.
0: Okay. And, but you eat one meal in that time.
1: Yeah. Most of the time it's dinner. And I mean, sometimes a little snack, like nuts or something in the afternoon.
0: you have any trouble drinking things or that liquids are okay?
1: No, no liquids are totally okay.
0: Okay. What? uh, Oh, I'm sorry.
1: And also, I had um, like a small surgery beginning of the year mm-hmm. for the gastroparesis. It's a super new thing they do. They kind of um, enlarge the pylorus so that the food goes through faster.
0: They made your pipe bigger? Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Did, did it help?
1: It helped a ton. No kidding. It, it was really amazing to kind of see the change also on the Dexcom graphs that food is getting absorbed um, faster. And also if I have like a low, I can drink a Coke and it's working within five to 10 minutes.
0: Yeah. That's the one. And that, I mean, yeah, people that don't... wasn't
1: the case beforehand.
0: Right, right. People don't think about that. Like you, when your body's not absorbing and, and digesting, it's also hard to stop a low blood sugar. It is. Yeah. How did you, well, not how, when? When did you decide to pay attention to your insulin?
1: It's. It was actually really funny. Maybe like three years ago or no, let's start, start a bit earlier. In my mid-20s, I decided I wanted to take better care of me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I tried really hard and my A1C maybe came down to 7 and my end was like, yeah, that's great. You're doing such a good job and it probably won't get better due to all the things you're going through. And she was like, yeah, that's about how good you can get
0: like a, a seven they thought was the best was the best you could do. yeah
1: what did and you then yeah
0: what did you think when they said that?
1: I was like, no, no way.
0: okay, so you were motivated at that point, yeah, okay.
1: but also kind of the funny thing was they always told me like, you're a diabetic for such a long time, you know how to do things. But actually, because I was in denial or ignored it for so long, I didn't have all the tools.
0: Right, you were pretty much newly diagnosed, as far as your understanding went. Yeah, yeah. Were you Were you able? So, did you recognize that?
1: No, no. not for a very, very long time. And then my endo came up with the super duper Medtronic six hundred and forty G. And she was like, you could try that one. And I was like, "Mm, a tube pump, maybe not. (laughs) But I was so desperate at that point that I was like, yeah, maybe I'll give it a try. And then I started researching. Okay. And I found out that, uh, and I knew about do-it-yourself looping. Mm-hmm. But I knew it only works like with the old Medtronic pumps.
0: I remember and that And then
1: time. I found the website again and found out that only like three months ago, they found out how to um, make it work with Omnipod. Right. And then I wrote my end on email and, and said, thanks for the Medtronic. I'm not going to take that. I go um, the do-it-yourself route.
0: So you went um, from... Wait, but you went from not taking care of yourself at all to using a do-it-yourself algorithm that you got off the internet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then she was... Uh, she, I mean, she knew I'm, I'm um, able to build it myself because of my professional background in IT. Mm-hmm. And... Um, she also had some weird kind of confidence in me and she just let me do it and my a1c went down within three months from the seven seven and a half range to 5.2 and it's ever been then there since maybe three years
0: and that's a few years ago three years yeah three years how did you learn about the loop just googling and looking around
1: yeah, okay. and then that's pretty much also the time where I found the podcast, and right. then I remembered things that were taught to me like pre-balancing, mm-hmm. and I started um, paying paying attention to that again, and then yeah, it was pretty much a self-runner.
0: Wow, look at you! But You figured it all out in in yeah. in short time. Does it? Um, are you? I'm trying to figure out how you're able to handle this. So are, do you look backwards now and are you just happy you changed? Are you angry that you didn't do it sooner? Like how does that, like once the dust settles, how do you feel in your head?
1: It's a bit like, OMG, why didn't I do that sooner? Yeah, It would be so much easier now. But um, I'm also just like very happy to see how I feel day by day that I feel so much better.
0: One of the first things I do every morning is take AG1 from Athletic Greens. You could do this as well. You could build a foundation for better health with AG1. Use my link, athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box to get started today. When you do, you'll also unlock an offer to receive a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. That's on top of your AG1. Come on. AG1 supports immunity, boosts energy, helps recovery, and promotes gut health. I take it because I'm afraid that my diet doesn't quite include all of the vitamins and nutrients that it should, and AG1 helps me to feel better every day. I tried a handful of other green drinks before coming to AG1. One of them, I won't mention the name, tasted like what I imagined feet would taste like if you made it into a drink. AG1, however goes down nice and easy, and my palate is hard to uh, get along with, so that really is saying something. AG1 from Athletic Greens contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anythings. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. Of course, to make it easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do to get that offer is visit my link, athleticgreens.com forward slash juicebox. Once again, athleticgreens.com forward slash juicebox. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com to AG1 and all the sponsors. Sponsors like Touched by Type 1, which you can find, of course, at touchedbytype1.org, and on Facebook and Instagram.
1: That I feel so much better. And it's more like a looking back and how could I survive with like, blood sugars in the 200s and 300s all the time
2: Mm.
0: you're making me smile i don't usually smile this much when i'm talking to somebody (laughs) you you just what you just said really just put a big smile on my face Um, i'm glad you're not bitter about it i'm glad you're excited and uh it's fascinating that you just switch gears and and found it do you have any do you have any feeling about what it was that made you care all of a sudden
1: I guess the loop was kind of the key to it because I always had the impression that I don't get the right tools to do it properly. And with the loop, I kind of felt like I'm supported enough to make good decisions and to take care of this. And I never had that feeling before.
0: Because you you described earlier that you were working hard at it at one point, but having no success. Yeah. Right.
1: Because I haven't had the right tools.
0: That is, I think that's one of the most important things that a practitioner can hear, is that you cannot send somebody to war, you know, with a pool noodle.
2: Without weapons. Yeah,
0: right, right. And without the weapons they need, and then when they come back, look them in the face and... And they they failed. They know they failed already. And then you tell them they failed, or you give them some kind of BS like pep talk. You, you know what I mean? Like
1: pe- a pet on the back. Yeah, you're doing. You did what you what you could.
0: Yeah, it's like you're in a basketball game and you're losing by seventy points, and your coach calls a timeout, pulls you over, and goes, "Guys, we're in this." You're like,
1: well, "Yeah,
0: no, we're not." Uh, yeah,
2: it's <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That.
0: Yeah, I know we're not in this. I'm out there. I'm 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 killing myself. We're we're getting run over. There's nothing here. Your your happy words are not gonna make this better.
1: It's cool. But it's also really funny, it's not only the endos that or the, the endo brains that work like that. I just recently made this experience also with another immune autoimmune thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um I all of a sudden like joint pain in my fingers started last summer. And I I mean, it it was really noticeable that my right hand was swollen and my left wasn't. And it was hurting a lot. And I went to the rheumatologist and then he basically, he took blood and, um, checked everything. And he was like, no, this is not a, um, it's, Probably just diabetes.
0: Diabetes just made your hands swell up?
1: Yeah, and then I was like, well, no, I don't think so. And then he said it's, um, I never heard that term before, diabetic chiroarthropathy.
2: Wait, wait, what?
1: Yeah. I knew. <laughs> he said it's that. Oh, atrophy? Chiroarthropathy.
0: It's. I might have it here. Hold on a second. Diabetic art Hold on a second. It's
1: like you can't um, extend your fingers anymore.
0: Oh, the trigger finger?
1: No, 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 no. not trigger finger. That's another
0: finger. one. No, oh, uh, is a nerve disorder which is complication of diabetes mellitus. It affects the thighs, hips, buttocks, legs, causing pain and muscle wasting. No, no, no. This isn't it. That. I'm not finding no. it. Spell the second word for me.
1: It's like um, it's like A R T H O I got it. P.
0: Wait, it went away on me. I got it. Arthropathy. In patients with diabetes, decreased sensation in the joints as a result of diabetic peripheral neuropathy can cause chronic and progressive arthropathy. It occurs as a result of increased laxity of ligaments, increased range of motion of joints, instability, and repetitive microtraumas with poor healing. Does that sound right? Yeah. That's what he thought. But what was it really?
1: RA, yeah. but negative.
0: So negative for antibodies for RA, yeah. but symptoms are there.
1: But, I mean, it took me like seven months and several visits to several rheumatologists and I also talked to my endo about the diagnosis from the first one. And she said she's an endo now for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. And she has seen two patients who have this.
0: With what the other person said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well hmm. what are some of the symptoms? Like tell people exactly how you came to seek out the doctor.
1: Yeah. Just because my joints were really swollen and it hurt it a lot in the morning and I was like stiff in the morning and that uh, it needed time. Mm-hmm. And actually the, the funny thing is with moving the fingers, it gets better.
0: Okay. You kind of break. You can break it free over time.
1: Yeah. I see. It's like it's iced. And then if you move it, it gets better.
0: Okay. No Painful every day. Yeah. Do you take Pretty anything much. for it?
1: Yeah. Um, Then, I mean, the rheumatologist who said, yeah, it's maybe RA around the corner, he said, let's wait some months until we start treatment. And then I I went back to him like four months later, and he was like, ooh, your joints are still swollen. We need to do something now. And then he put me on immunosuppressants. Right. And that didn't, uh, went well at first because it was like three months after my gastroparesis surgery and then the gastroparesis started to kick in again. It just basically paralyzed my gut.
0: So you're, um, chasing down this RA was pretty recently too in your life. Yeah. Okay. How long do you think it was going on until you, until you went to a doctor?
1: Oh, like only maybe a week. Oh, you. Because okay. I had a feeling.
0: So it came on and you went right away. Yeah. Because
1: okay. I, when this all started, I had a feeling. Yeah.
0: Wow. So what is that? Oh, hold on a second. Let's let that go for a second because I'm going to just, <laughs> I'm going to pile all the sadness right here in the middle. And then we'll talk some more. <laughs> Retinopathy.
1: Oh, my God, that's even um, a sadder part. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's why I kept it for the end. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> um, retinopathy started, like, um, probably in my mid-20s. Oh, no
0: kidding.
1: Um I had just, at first, I just had some, like, blurry visions, like um, flies that I saw. Mm -hmm. and I mean I was I went to the doctor and he said said right away it's retinopathy and they did several laser surgeries and then at one point it got that bad that we were in a restaurant and um, paid and left and in that very moment where we left the restaurant I couldn't see anything my vision was gone
0: no kidding wow and
1: then i went more or less directly to the hospital and they did surgery and then the first eye they could rescue and then i got pneumonia from the anesthesia and i had to wait like almost a month for the second surgery and, yeah, that's the reason I don't have any vision on my left eye anymore.
0: Completely blind in your left eye?
1: Yeah, I mean, I see some light. I see light if it's, like, light or dark. But other than that, no, that's, that's pretty much it.
0: Well, I'm sorry. Well,
1: well you, you get used to it. Do you really? Yeah.
0: Can I sneak up on you from the left side, though? sure. Okay. That you couldn't, that you can't overcome, right? No, no. Uh, does it have a big impact on your life?
1: It does, but, um, my partner is really, as, uh, is really supporting me where I need it. So if you think hard about it, it has a big impact. But my support system is so great that it hasn't. That's if awesome. that makes sense. Oh,
0: that's wonderful. How long have you two been together?
1: Um, in January, it will be a decade.
0: Wow! Nobody's yeah. get, not not getting married. No. no. <laughs> How come? Is it you or, or or I'm sorry, him? Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, the both of us.
0: Both of you don't want to be married. Yeah,
1: we just don't see a reason, and we don't want kids. I wanted kids for the longest time and then I thought hard enough about it and decided not to want kids. So
0: <laughs> You come over here, I'll be- show you how much money I spent to send my kid to college. <laughs> you'll you'll know if you did the right thing. I mean he's lovely and everything, but it's a lot of money.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Mm. Well,
1: and we have a dog and I can barely take care of him. <laughs> So maybe that's the right decision. Then
0: can I ask you, Cassandra? And not that I think that wanting to get married makes you like mature. I don't think people should get married if they don't want to be married. Uh, But are you, you? Is there something about your life's path that, like, that leads you to be in a situation where you're like, I can barely take care of a dog?
1: No, no, no. the The marriage thing is more like our taxes would double? Oh. And um, we don't have an advantage.
0: So oh, I see.
1: why should we do it?
0: <laughs> this is this is to keep the uh, the man's hands off your cash. I understand. Okay. That makes <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> um, do you get treatment on the other eye?
1: Um, well, I just my um eye pressure is high, so I need daily drops for that. But other than that, it's stable,
0: okay. You haven't been getting like laser or needles or anything in the other eye.
1: I had that I had the needles. It was frightening. It's uh-huh. really Well, it didn't hurt, but it's really frightening to have an eye in your uh, a needle in your eye.
0: yeah. I know, I've had people describe it on here before and how you have to stay perfectly still. And yeah. it's coming right at you. You can't close. You can't move. You can't blink. You can't. It's just. It's crazy. And but but it doesn't hurt. Is that correct?
1: No, it doesn't hurt.
0: Who do you think the first person is that figured that out? <laughs> you know, like who who had the who had the balls to be like, I don't think this will yeah. hurt. <laughs> Jesus.
1: That's... And I guess at first, the, um, it was uh, medication against breast cancer. Really. Yeah, they only made recently like a really separate medication for the retinopathy. But at first it was a medication against breast cancer. And they also gave it like to very old people. And some people had to go in every week or every second week. And one injection was like 2,000 bucks. Mm. And it wasn't even covered by insurance.
0: Well, That's something else. Well, yeah. I guess to see to to save your vision, probably there's no cost. It's too high if you yeah. can, if you can come up with it.
1: I guess that's exactly
0: yeah. All right, so autoimmune stuff. We are we have we run through all the autoimmune that you have, or is there anything else? Oh
1: no, of course not.
0: <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs>
1: um, I thought for the longest time I have neurodermatitis, but turns out no, it's um, urticaria.
2: That one sucks.
1: Yeah, it's just you get hives all over. And they actually only diagnosed it very recently, like three months ago.
0: Mm. How long has that been happening? Sorry? How long has that been happening to you?
1: Yeah, probably like five years or something. But they always thought it's neurodermatitis and gave me a steroid, steroid, just topical. And um, it wouldn't make things better until they found out I'm allergic to potatoes on one day and to the Dexcom adhesive the other day.
0: Is there? How often does the do the hives flare up?
1: Of, I guess it it's re- it really depends. But I would say maybe like once a week, and then. Sometimes I have stretches of time that it's like constant.
0: Is it painful?
1: No, it's just itching like crazy. But
0: itching. Does uh? Do you have a thyroid issue?
1: Yeah, of course. Of course, of course. Cause
0: I'm just like <laughs> I got it all, baby. I'm uh,
1: collecting all the, <laughs> the illnesses you could probably get.
0: You're going to win McDonald's Monopoly for autoimmune diseases oh soon. <laughs> so tell me something. Are you hypo or are you? Yeah,
1: uh, I'm hypo, but not Hashimoto's.
0: Not Hashimoto's. No. Do you know what your TSH is?
1: Um, I mean, the high it got, highest it got was five, but at the moment I'm like around 1.2.
0: Excellent. Do you um, supplement with any T3?
1: I have Tyrosynth, yeah.
0: Tyrosynth. No, uh, T, that's the T4. Do you do T3? Oh, I'm
1: sorry. No, they wouldn't give me the T3. Because that was also a thing I had to push so hard that they even put put me on Tyrosynth.
0: For a 5 TSH? They wouldn't put you on Tyrosynth?
1: Yeah. No, oh, not under 10.
0: Monsters. Um, Hold on a second. The, so, are you... Do you have any of the weird... Are you tired? Do you have low energy? I was
1: so tired i could sleep 24 7
0: how about now
1: it's so much better
0: so much better does it still exist
1: like that i'm getting tired yeah yeah i mean there are um times when it happens but i mean it's so much better now
2: hmm.
0: I could barely function with the five. Sure, no, I I believe that it's just my son manages his Hashimoto's with T four and T three, and Arden manages with T four, but just with T four, Arden even if when Arden's TSH is very good under two, she's still exhausted. It's the T three that gives her the energy.
1: Okay, and that's interesting.
0: And my son's only, I mean, obvious symptom which led us to figure out that eventually he had Hashimoto's was hives.
1: I was, yeah, yeah. I've read that too. And, and was um, wondering if it's somehow connected.
0: Yeah. I don't know why they wouldn't just try like, so, I mean, you have to find a real outside of the box thinker for your thyroid. Um, But like Arden takes, I think Arden takes one few, like instead of, I think they moved down her t a little bit and then added the T3. So her TSH is still right where they want it to be. But a lot of her other symptoms are gone. Yeah, and I just think, like, yeah. what would it hurt to help to do that for you to see if it alleviated the hives?
1: I don't know. I actually was really motivated after the, your episode with Dr. Benito
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, to seek, like, a second opinion on the TSH thing. Yeah. And then I went to another endocrinologist because there aren't that many around here. So I went to that one and he was like, well, you're on such a low dose of tyrosine, um, you're not even hypo. That um, that won't explain that you feel better. Yeah,
0: that's just people looking at numbers and talking. It's what crazy. What's your dose?
1: Like... Um, back then, my dose was twenty five, and I'm now
0: on thirty eight. Okay, how much do you weigh? Oh,
1: um, wait, I've calculated one
0: hundred twenty five. Oh. It is a small, it's a lower dose, but still, I mean, a TSH of five. I, I, if anyone's listening, if your TSH is five, do not let somebody tell you you're in range. If you have symptoms of hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's. Find a doctor that will give you medication. Those symptoms will be helped by that. Um, There's too many too many doctors with thyroid that treat the in range. I'm making air quotes um, as as the letter of the law. It's almost like diabetes where they tell you like 15 carbs, 15 minutes. You're like, but my blood sugar is always 300. Like, huh? 15 carbs, 15 minutes. Those are the rules. Like, like sometimes you just have to treat the symptoms and not what's written down somewhere. So. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's tough cuz you have a limited amount of doctors to go to.
1: Yeah.
0: You should find um, a friend who's on T3, you know what I'm saying, and grab a couple of them <laughs> because the funny thing about T3 is it works so quickly that you will know very quickly if it's having an impact.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yeah, which is the which is like if you in in your situation with a a well-managed TSH, you're already getting T4. If someone added like a cytomil or um, even like an armor thyroid as a supplement to that, um, you would know. You don't
1: even have armor here.
0: Yeah, you would know inside of four or five, six days. Like you might feel more energy, or you know, you might see. I just it sucks to think that somebody wouldn't give you a pill, cytomil as an example, for a couple of weeks to see if your hives go away. Like it's not gonna yeah. it's not gonna hurt you. They they just they'll just take down they'll probably what they would probably do is remove one of your TRC pills a week. You'd take it six days a week, and then you would take the T three at the right level seven days okay. a week and see if it had an impact. And if it did, then great. And if it didn't, then you stop taking it. It's it's not like it's gonna make your head fall off. You know what I mean? Plus Cassandra. Yeah,
1: but they act like it would. I know. That,
0: yeah. plus Cassandra, you're kinda tough. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: I'm pushing them, yeah. Yeah, but, well, no, um, I don't mean,
0: t- I mean, like, physically. Like, you've got, like, a, a wheelbarrow full of problems, <laughs> and you're just, like, on here lighthearted and talking about it. And, I mean, you could handle a little bit of, like, trial and error for your for some other stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, um, but I also think, like, with this myriad of illnesses, doctors are really cautious to try something.
0: Well, you have hives, so they should try something. By the way, have- well,
1: they, actually, I'm because the antihistamines didn't work as well as they expect, and also because my kidney is kind of damaged. I mm-hmm. mean, it's not really bad, but they are cautious. Um, they said they put me on Xolair, which is um, um, a biological.
0: Sandra, I wish you and everybody listening could see my other computer screen here where I have just in the last couple of minutes pulled up Zolaire to talk to you about <laughs> to see if you if anybody brought it up to you. I felt very oh I felt very accomplished when you said that. <laughs>
1: so. but, I mean, Scott, the funny thing is I had to brought it up.
0: Oh yeah. Ain't nobody gonna help you. It, it's no it, hives is one of those things doctors so don't understand that it's just you almost get the like, oh, that's a shame. Go home. You you know yeah that that really seems like it sucks. I don't know what to do. See you later. I so you have you've been taking this all there for how long?
1: Yeah, um, I actually got my second shot. So you get one one shot per month, right? I got my second shot like two weeks ago, and it actually has been great with the hives. They're gone. Wow, but there's a big but. It messes so much with my sugars that I won't take the next.
0: So it messes, it messes with your blood sugars for how long? Always or just
2: during no.
1: the... No. It's really funny. Um, I actually researched this that kind of on day seven or eight after the injection, mm-hmm. the Xolair is at its peak.
2: And okay. there,
1: I get like I need to dose like two hundred percent. I need an override for two hundred percent.
2: For
1: to how be long? Kind of in range. How long? Yeah, it it depends. It goes away and then comes a little back, and it's not linear. It's not like with steroid where you have like a clear curve.
0: Hours, days. Days. Are you really thinking about not doing it anymore?
1: Um, uh my plan is kind of get off of it for one month. See if the hives come back, see if the blood sugar thing um goes away and decide then with the data I have.
0: Yeah, I mean I know I know you don't want your blood sugar to be high, but is all there's not forever, right?
1: Mm, could be forever. It's not clearly stated
0: i hear some people take it for like six months or so and then they try to get you off of it oh okay because i mean listen i'm not you and you know what you can tolerate but if you could if you could get those hives pushed down that'd be a big deal i would think
1: yeah you know yeah i mean look the problem is more like i have so many influences on on my bt that sometimes there's such a huge mess that I'm getting anxious because I can't really say what's from what and then just adding insulin on top of it, on top of it, on top of it. And finally you're on such a high dose of insulin and then you crash and you don't know from what. Right. You know what I mean?
0: No, I know it's scary. It, it just, it's just, it, it, you get a little paralysis, right? Like there's so much going on, you just don't know what to do.
1: It's just very difficult to manage. If I know I get a steroid injection, I'm high for three days and then it's gone, I'm completely fine with that. I can manage that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I also, um, for example, suffer from UTIs and I don't have like pain from the UTIs. But my blood sugar gets really wonky, and I need a ton of insulin.
0: Okay, how often do so, they happen?
1: Like weekly.
0: That's interesting. Even though you have your blood sugars are so low,
1: and um, mm-hmm. i I got really good at detec- detecting them, and I'm like on a on an antibiotic weekly now. But I mean, it's such just so much going on that how should i manage this and yeah. then if one thing falls away it's such a huge amount of insulin that probably i'm going into the 40s during night mm-hmm. and i'm just not really up for that
0: no i understand i i can't listen i can't blame you and it's up to you right what you're what you're willing to deal with like it sounds to me like the more stable blood sugars are more meaningful to you and more comforting than the the removal of the hives. Is that right? Or
1: Yeah, Yeah. kind of, because I don't know how I will decide in the end, but I just want to see what it does if I just leave out the month. Yeah. And I mean, if the hives come back, I probably will end up doing the Xolair again. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's they're terrible. But just
1: having kind of the clarity to see where does it come from, is it really that that influences it? Just to have clarity.
0: Well, you would think that with all this going on, a doctor would be willing to try, like, m- re your thyroid to see if it impacted the hives. Because I'm telling you, my son got them terribly. And, okay. And he... Uh, we got him on to tyrosin, and then they added the T3, got his TSH way down. He's fine now, and the hives have never come back. And it, t- it took a lot of research for us to figure that out, that there was a connection there. Because it's not common for someone to but get it hives, occurs. but it does occur.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> I'm sorry, I have to clear my throat. No problem. I had to dig through NIH articles. To find a connection between hives and and Hashimoto's, which we did not know he had at the time. At the time, they were treating him just like they treated you. Like, here's a steroid. Oh, here, wow. Yeah, all that crap. Right. And none of that obviously had any effect on him. And we just kept saying, like, well, what about this? What about this? And finally I got somebody to test his TSH and um we caught a real high number. And he was, I think, in some sort of um, Like his, I think his thyroid was like fluxing around because, um, we caught like this number, I think in the sixes or the sevens. And then all of a sudden it dropped again because they were now taking his blood pretty consistently. And, uh, Dr. Penito was like, it doesn't matter. Like we're putting him on the medication, put him on. And it took six weeks for it to get him straight, but it was. So I've said it on the podcast before, but if he heated up, got excited, somebody scared him like his adrenaline popped up if he tried to lift weights or exercise no matter what he did he'd break out from his neck to his waist
1: oh my god that's terrible and
0: then the only way he could make it go away and luckily it was winter time he had to walk out in the freezing cold lower his body temperature and when he lowered away they went away oh my god so he lived for months in his bedroom in november in on the east coast of the united states With his windows open so that he wouldn't break out until we could figure out what was happening.
1: Oh my God, that's so terrible.
0: Yeah, we basically took him. He's a college age kid. We basically put him in a refrigerator so that he wouldn't, (laughs) so that he wouldn't, and kept him still. And he's a baseball player and an athlete. And he he got heavy, like, you know, the, they, plus they gave him the steroids. He got out, he got that medication, went right back into the gym, like whipped himself back into shape again. And um, it was, and he was, it was a tough time for him. And he yeah. only had that happening, and I'm listening to all the things you have going on, and then it it leads me very naturally to my next question: like, do you see a therapist? Yeah. Like, yeah, are they with I'll you go. constantly? Like, I, I, I'd, I'd be like, listen, why don't you live with us? Uh, but, <laughs> but is that helpful at all?
1: Sometimes it is, and sometimes I think it would be really helpful to really have a therapist who suffers from diabetes or just another chronic illness, because, I mean, she is, like, really compassionate, but I sometimes think, like, they don't really get it. Yeah. They don't know what it feels like to... um, Get Dexcom alerts every hour to a night, and you're sleep deprivated and need to go to work the next day.
0: Mm-hmm. And and you, it would be, be It would probably be more meaning for you, meaningful for you, if it could come from somebody who actually knew what you were talking about. Yeah. Um. Have we missed any other issues? Because I have some follow-up questions for you, but we're getting close to an hour. So, uh, 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 do you have anything going on that I haven't brought up yet?
1: No, I think that's
0: we got pretty it. much it. It's enough. So then I have a couple of questions. and um, But before I ask mine, have we not talked about anything that you want to talk about?
1: No, I think we're
0: good. Good. Okay, so I have more questions. I'd like you to talk about, you're an interesting person. Obviously, you have a, a huge, um, you know, a litany of issues that you're dealing with that are autoimmune. Um, and then on top of that, you have long-term side effects of poor care. And so I guess I want to understand first about perseverance and what keeps you going.
1: Um, I just think life is not over yet, and um, I just take it day by day, and I kind of see the comparison of how I felt like, Five years ago and how i feel now and it's so much better and i just take one thing at a time mm-hmm. i mean if i would think every day about every single issue i would probably go crazy yeah but just take one step at a time
0: and so is it that is it the whatever is most present or do you or do you kind of have a list do you work from what you know you have to do? Do you know what I mean? Like, do you have a, a plan in place, or do you just tackle things as they come at you?
1: Yeah, it's pretty much, like, situational. What kind of bugs me the most gets attention.
2: <laughs>
0: Whatever's Whatever fly is flying in your face, that's the one you swat at. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, pretty much. Any depression?
1: Um I had that. Um but it was when my blood sugar was way worse and I think it was also caused by the high sugars.
0: Okay. So you but so that so because
1: that- I'm also getting I'm becoming a different person if my sugars are high. I really notice this yeah, now.
0: Right. Angry, short-tempered, what happens? Yeah,
1: and I'm also getting a different person if I'm going low. Then my boyfriend is like, here, food,
2: <laughs> eat,
1: <laughs> don't talk to me.
0: <laughs> you Do get, you get nasty when you're low?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, really, that everyone else is like the enemy, and I'm the good one, and everyone is mean. And then you just need to shuffle food.
0: Wow, you get defensive when you're low. Yeah. It's interesting. Does it happen out of nowhere or does it come on slowly?
1: No, it, it, it's really like a super quick onset. And then once I get like the Coke in me or whatever I drink, it gets better.
0: Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Very interesting. And then
1: I put on a sweet smile and say, I'm sorry, I was low. <laughs> and then things are good again
0: right because you don't have him locked in with a marriage right so he could just blow up yeah, out. yeah. <laughs> like oh sorry
1: <laughs> now you got all my life secrets
0: yeah cassandra does he get the dog or do you get the dog if we split up what do you think
1: oh me, um it will be me because um i um bought the dog in the first place and ah. brought it into the relationship
2: i see so it's,
1: Technically, my dog.
2: Financially,
0: you are responsible for the dog. Yeah. My, my, my Not le- only
1: financially. Oh. My my boyfriend always point, points this out, especially for the evening walks. It's your dog. Uh,
0: Cassandra, you're making me <laughs> laugh because the other morning, uh, Kelly and I woke up, and we just didn't have anywhere to be or anything to do. And one of our dogs still had to go out. And we I was planning on sleeping an extra hour. and She's like, you have to let the dog out. And I got out of bed. And as I got out of bed, I said, and I, I want to quote myself here, Cassandra, because I want to be sure people know exactly what I said. <laughs> I said, I told you not to get that f***ing dog. <laughs> 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 and uh, <laughs> and I love the dog. I swear to you, I do. He's really amazing. He's 15 years old. We take immaculate care of him. He's a, he's a, he's a terrific dog. But in that moment, all I could think was, I warned against this, and no one listened to me. Fifteen years ago, I knew that one day this was going to happen to me, and here we are. And it's not just oh, one time, obviously, but...
1: That's um, hilarious. They're a
0: responsibility.
1: But it's, but it's pretty much how it works here.
0: Yeah, of course. I, I heard what you were saying. You were like, hey, this, this <laughs> bum doesn't help me with the dog. I heard it. I know what you're about. <laughs> no, that's not true.
1: <laughs> just like in the critical situations the responsibility falls on my side.
0: In critical situations, the responsibility falls
1: Like for if Like, if it would be an advantage to stay inside, I'm the responsible for the
0: mm-hmm. dog. Okay, I see. Um, <laughs> my last question for you is not fair because you haven't had time to think of it, or maybe you have. Maybe this is something you've thought about a million times, and this is why I'm asking you knowing that a lot of people with diabetes are going to hear this i if i i mean if i give you a forum to talk to them about their care can you can you articulate to them why it's so important i mean not that your story doesn't but how you know i mean just managing your blood sugars and and keeping spikes away and keeping away scary lows and and i mean i guess I'm asking you to tell them like what a difference it would have maybe likely made in your life.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I guess it goes pretty much into the philosophy of your podcast because um, if once your settings are dialed in and you have a stable basal rate and good nights and your pre bolus it's really not that much enough of an effort once it's dialed in. Mm -hmm. But you just have to make this leap and make the effort to dial everything in. And then, I mean, but on a day-to-day basis, it's not that much of an effort to adapt a carb ratio or an ISF. It really isn't.
0: Yeah, it's it's settings, pre-bolusing, understanding the different impacts of your meals addressing high blood sugars without waiting too long it's pretty much it right yeah
2: yeah
0: yeah i uh i joke with people all the time like somehow the podcast has 700 episodes but it could be 12 minutes long you know what i mean like it wouldn't answer all your questions but if i said exactly what i needed to say very succinctly that's what i would tell you yeah for,
1: for the technical part you're right yeah but I really enjoy also the stories of the people and and the community.
2: Oh, me too. And I
1: mean, even if I like, if I think like, yeah, a type two podcast, what what will I get from it? It's still very inter- interesting to hear the stories, and I always learn something.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I I do too. I learn something every day. I I record way more than you guys probably think I do. Uh, And it's um, every day of my life, I talk to somebody who's either found their way through something, searching for something, you know, they're lost or, and you can kind of try to help them or they figured something out. You can help them share it with somebody else. It's a, it's like, I have the best job. I really do. Um, And uh, I'm really glad that you enjoy it like that. You know, I'm looking here. What? I'm looking at this link. I've been wondering all day if... If Zolair could help with rheumatoid arthritis.
1: No. It has no impact on it? I don't think so, because it's um, not an immunosuppressant, per se.
0: Okay. I, I didn't... I Listen, that was... The, like, literally, I know nothing, but I just kept wondering. I found this one thing. Uh,
1: but, I mean... Do you want to know a fun fact about Zolaire and the other drug for the air I take?
2: <laughs> they they are
1: both um, made from Chinese hamster ovaries.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop a second. <laughs> <laughs> are you trying to, to name the so podcast? Are you trying to name your episode? <laughs> Hold on a second. Zolaire, <laughs> Chinese hamster ovaries. Alright, well this is going to be a, a Google for the ages. <laughs> you think, I must be the first person that Googled this. Hold on a second. Just clean up my terrible uh, spelling. And let's see. Zolaire Chinese hamster ovarian cells. A recumbent, humid ooh, monoclonal Antibody that's okay. Zolair is a recomb- recomb- recombinant humanized monoclonal antibody. There's words we all know now since uh, COVID mm-hmm. that selectively binds to a human IgE used to reduce allergic reactions. Um, actually, the and the Zolair, which is the the brand name, let's see, is manufactured by. Rec- Recombinant DNA technology in a Chinese hamster ovary cell. In a Chinese hamster ovary cell. That's wait, they it's made of them or it's made in them?
1: I'm not quite sure. From what I read, I understood that they kind of um took cells from a Chinese hamster and they ever since duplicated it.
0: Somehow. Solar is produced by a Chinese hamster ovary cell suspension culture in a nutrient medium containing the antibiotic gentamicin. God, who? Do th- you, <laughs> you ever read stuff like this, Cassandra, and think, Who figures this out? I am not helping society at all. <laughs> like, like, I could, in a million, tra- if you gave me a million years and said, Hey, these hamsters right here, could help people with, like, asthma and, like, you know, other, you know, kind of allergic reaction kind of stuff, go figure it out. I'd be like, listen, tell those people they're screwed, okay? Because I am never going to figure this out. That's insane. Yeah. It really is. I, I And I hate to say that, but you really did just name your episode Chinese hamster ovaries. <laughs> I'm
1: happy with that. You're going to have to be because
0: it's what it's going to be called, Cassandra. <laughs> Wow, that's that's really crazy. Well, good for smart people. That's that's wonderful. Who the hell? And Chinese hamsters are the little. um,
2: They look cute.
0: Yeah, they're like. Are are they the little fat ones? I'm trying to. Or no, are they the little? I can't remember. I haven't worked. You know, I worked in a pet shop as a child. Oh, did you? I did from the time I was 13 till I was 16. Oh, Oh, wow. They almost look like gerbils a little bit, but but not. Oh, oh, here's a – oh, may I say, if you're buying a pet, the Chinese dwarf hamster is incredibly cute. (laughs) I mean, it's got rodent eyes, but it's got a funny, like, interesting, fun face. But regular Chinese hamsters, I would describe them as looking almost like lean gerbils. But
1: I actually always wanted to become a unicorn, but maybe now – it's just a Chinese hamster.
0: Maybe you're just going to become a Chinese hamster.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Do you really. ever,
0: after the Zolaire, uh, are you ever um, inclined to chew on wood? That
1: sorry, what's that?
0: Do you are you ever inclined to chew on wood after you get the Zolaire? No, I don't
1: think so. <laughs> no,
0: you do want no. to. You, you never want to pee in some hay or anything like that afterwards. Nothing. No. No. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> wow. I will send
1: you a note if it happens.
0: Well, yeah, if you find yourself starting to pile up bedding in the corner and peeing in it, please do let me know. I would love to add that to the <laughs> oh, <really>? episode. <laughs> Cassandra, I can't thank you enough for doing this. You were really terrific. You have a, you know, uh, obviously some heavy stuff going on in your life, and you shared it with everybody in a very light way. I thought it was terrific what you just did.
1: Thank you so much for having
0: me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Hold on one second, okay? Yeah. I want to thank Cassandra for coming on the show and sharing her story. I also want to thank Touched by Type 1. Of course, you can find them at touchedbytype1.org and also on Facebook and Instagram. And last but not least, AG1 from Athletic Greens. Head over now, get your free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs when you use my link, athleticgreens.com forward slash Juicebox. Oh, that's it. Okay. So thanks for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back very soon with another episode. And I hope you go find the private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. It's a private group with over 33,000 people just like you.